And we start off this afternoon with a conversation I have been uh, eager to have for a while now. And uh, it was really Mayor Jim Langfelder who uh, suggested we take some of our questions directly to uh, Springfield Police Chief Ken Scarlett. Certainly a lot to talk about, about policing in the community. Chief Scarlett, thanks so much for taking the time. It's great to have you in the program. We appreciate it. Jim, I appreciate the invite. It's my pleasure, and uh, I'm, I guess I should apologize. It's taken me so long uh, to have this conversation, well, but looking forward to quite it. Quite all right. Uh, when when I made the formal request, actually, your team got to, got it all put together very, very quickly, and we do appreciate it. I want to start with something that I know you get lots of questions about all the time, and that's, of course, the pop-up parties uh, that we have been seeing so much. And obviously, with the summer weather, uh, they become more frequent, more prevalent, as have your efforts to, uh, to clamp down on them. Uh, so tell me a bit about how... How your department is going about uh, trying to to stop these pop-up parties and, and is there any sign that these efforts are working that we're not seeing as many of the parties or the people are throwing up their hands and saying there's no point in trying to do this in Springfield because they they'll just keep coming after us yeah I think you know there are a lot of historical factors to take into account as to why we're in the predicament that we're in uh, you know one of the big ones was COVID and when these parties uh, started to occur there was a concern really with the unknown of COVID about uh, entering into these large group settings as far as the health and, and welfare of our officers. So, uh, you know, we kind of went through a season where uh, that sort of mentality was prevalent. And there was one thing that I said at the beginning of this year uh, that our department is dedicated to, and that's we're not going to sit back on our heels. We're going to be proactive. We're going to utilize every possible resource that we can uh, to to stop these from happening or once once we're aware of them to go in and basically shut them down. And, uh, you know, uh, those resources that we're utilizing uh, are social media, you know, uh, finding out where these parties are and then utilizing uh, uh, code enforcement and various other uh, aspects of Corporation Council to get temporary restraining orders when that's a possibility, uh, as well as, uh, you know, our proactive enforcement utilizing other uh, law enforcement agencies to include the state police and Sangamon County sheriffs and other local jurisdictions that have really partnered with us to be proactive and and show a heavy police response in areas that uh, we know traditionally have these parties. We, we've seen a lot of uh, traffic stops that have resulted in you finding uh, illegal firearms and things that appear to be associated with these parties to some degree and other people traveling to them or, or being at these parties, etc. How much success have you had in proactively preventing them? Have you had to go to court and get TROs and, and are you getting those to, to stop these parties or is it mostly having to just deal with them once they actually pop up and the complaint calls start coming in? Well, I would say, uh, and, and it's our code enforcement uh, division that, that goes to court and gets the temporary restraining orders. I believe we're somewhere between uh, four or five of those between uh, last year and this year. So yeah, that's certainly something that, uh, again, like I said, I'll use every resource that we can, and that's a valuable tool that we have used. And it's, uh, in my opinion, has been successful in, in uh, shutting down prospective parties before they happen. One of the things that jumps out at me is when uh, you do have these enforcement efforts and you wind up arresting a number of people, they're frequently from out of town. They're coming here from Decatur or from Peoria and having these parties. Why are they coming here rather than having these parties for whatever reason in their own communities? What makes Springfield a more attractive destination for them? And, and are you making any headway in making it a less attractive destination for them? Well, that, that's the latter part of your question. That's certainly our goal is to let folks know you're not going to come into our community and, uh, you know, cause issues, cause a ruckus, and think you can get away with it. And that's that's the clear message that I'm trying to send. Uh, and a lot of that is through the use of social media and press releases is that, 
if you come into our community, you're carrying firearms illegally, you're involved in these pop-up parties, there's going to be consequences. And that's why we put together proactive patrols whose main responsibility is to, you know, find those individuals and, and hold them accountable. Chief, early a week goes by that we don't get information from your department about multiple uh, firearms arrests and seizures. You're taking an awful lot of illegal guns off the street, and yet the next week there's more arrests, more illegal guns. It seems like an endless flow. Uh, I, I understand the job you're doing in, in getting those guns out of the hands of people who don't have them, but are you working on or have you had any luck in figuring out the source of these weapons? Where are they coming from? Can we actually stop the flow of weapons into the community before they they get here and wind up in the wrong hands yeah we have a robust partnership with uh, not only uh, our state partners but federal partners as well whose uh, you know main responsibility is to track down uh, you know sort of the, the origins if you will of some of these firearms so we work very closely with the ATF and uh, you know uh, we have equipment and technology that we also utilize uh, that we input shell casings in our NIBA machine to try and tie uh, certain firearms to other offenses so uh, I would say we, you know, we work very closely with those federal partners with the intent of, you know, trying to get to the source of where they're coming from. Uh, and in the meantime, until that happens, you know, I'll, I'll say it again, our goal is to take as many illegal firearms off the streets that we can to, to keep our citizens of this community safe. Springfield Police Chief Ken Scarlett live with us here this afternoon. Chief, another one of the things I wanted to ask you about, we've talked to the mayor about this quite extensively, and the last time he was on the air, he indicated he had directed you and your department uh, to become a, a little bit more assertive in dealing with some of the uh, people who were standing out in median strips at intersections, approaching cars, asking for money. We've had a, a long pending ordinance to address this that uh, still hasn't moved uh, out of committee, uh, but the mayor said he just asked you and your department to start just handling this. So are you, in fact, doing that? Have you implemented the mayor's orders, and uh, how often are your officers, in fact, moving people along from these median strips in those potentially dangerous situations? Sure. Well, there's really two avenues, two approaches that we've taken. Number one is a proactive approach in the fact that uh, we've sent out our homeless outreach team officer as well as our community care coordinator. Uh, their main purpose has been uh, going to these major intersections, identifying the individuals that are there, uh, attempting to get money, basically explaining uh, the ordinances that exist and trying to determine why these folks are out there in the first place. So they've done a great job of that. Uh, secondly, we've instructed all officers, and it, it goes with anything else that we deal with in the city. It's about community safety, resident safety, keeping people safe. So, uh, you know, we, we've essentially instructed our officers that the, at these major intersections, uh, you know, coming up with a hierarchy of, of response. And, and the first, first effort, you know, would be to get them to move on. And obviously we do have some city ordinances as far as walking out in the street that we can utilize if necessary, if our officers observe that. And, uh, you know, worst case scenario would be an arrest. But the main goal is the safety of not only the folks that are stepping out on the roadway, but the safety of the folks that are driving vehicles. And, uh, and that's what we're committed to. Can you quantify how many people you've uh, asked to move along from these areas? And, and when you move them along, do they stay moved along or do they just come back an hour later? Well, I don't have specific numbers. I can tell you uh, some of the reasons why people choose to be out in the intersections uh, trying to get money. Uh, and, and a lot of it doesn't center around homelessness. And I think that's, if there's a message that I could relay today to the, to the uh, listeners and the residents of Springfield is, 
Uh, I'm all about donating to uh, folks in need, but there are reputable businesses and organizations that we should utilize as our donation source. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I just left a meeting uh, with some banking folks, and we we're discussing fraud. And, and quite frankly, sometimes that's what these incidents out there on the street corners are. It's, it's people defrauding our citizens by uh, appearing to be one way or the other, trying to, to, to get money uh, from them. And what I would encourage again, our residents to do is utilize reputable donation sources. That's the best way to get folks that need money, money. That way we're not supplying uh, someone's alcohol uh, addiction or drug addiction or, uh, you know, situations like that. Chief, give us an update on the license plate reader cameras. You've uh, been installing them at, at key locations around the city. They're designed to help uh, help you quickly identify vehicles that may be suspected in the commission of crimes. Uh, how many are up and running now, and what kind of results are you getting from them early on? Yeah, so uh, the initial contract called for 84 license plate readers. I believe we've had, we have uh, close to... 35 somewhere in there that are up and running. There's some other permitting process we're waiting through as far as those that may be on state highways and whatnot. So not fully deployed yet, but we have certainly had a handful of success stories, one of which led to a vehicle being identified and a suspect being nabbed who was involved in a shooting. Uh, you know, so it's major instances like that where it really should only take two or, th- you know, one or two, two or three major instances to really show the worth of these, of these cameras. Uh, so, uh, there are several other stories where uh, we've apprehended stolen vehicles, one of which it was stolen for four years and uh, kicked up on this uh, one of our license plate readers, and we were able to apprehend a, a driver who was driving that stolen vehicle. Four years, and it still had the same license plate on it on a stolen yeah. vehicle? How about that? And I don't have all the particulars on that case, but, yeah, that's just uh, one instance of... Uh, utilizing the LPRs to our advantage. At the beginning of the month, the mayor made reference that there had been at that point, this is again about three weeks ago, five what he called apprehensions based upon this. Do you have an updated figure on that? And and what does that term mean, apprehensions in this case? Yeah, and I don't have a, a specific updated figure. What I can say an apprehension refers to is vehicles which are entered uh, into a hot list as being you know, stolen or something along those lines. And, and as a result of them being entered into the hot list, they, uh, they're hitting off an LPR camera. We stop the vehicle and recover the vehicle. So that's in, and make an, an associated arrest. So that's what's considered an apprehension. And you've had at least five of those so far? That's correct. Oh. Uh, Chief, uh, uh, something else I wanted to ask you about, I really just kind of thought about this today. Uh, before you became chief, uh, at the time that marijuana became legal here in Illinois, we know that we're, there was some local law enforcement raising concerns about this, concerns about what legal marijuana would mean in terms of people driving impaired, in terms of uh, you know other aspects to it, and maybe making the lives of officers, uh, officers more difficult. Uh, can you give me a sense in, in your time at Chief here, uh, what has been the impact of legal marijuana on law enforcement, on the overall safety of the community? Have you detected any big problems? Were they more than you expected, less than you expected? I don't have any specific numbers uh, one way or the other reference uh, uh, the legalization of marijuana. I know there were some concerns and there still are uh, possibly some unintended consequences down the road as it pertains to driving and whatnot. We haven't seen a real spike in DUIs or anything associated with those under the influence. Uh, we do have a handful of drug recognition experts uh, who are able to detect um, individuals that are under the influence of marijuana and, and other related drugs. So I think that's still a work in progress, uh, you know, as it pertains to 
law enforcement uh, is concerned. And we're certainly uh, doing everything that we can day in and day out to, uh, you know, find ways to detect and combat uh, these sort of incidents. Uh, Chief Ken Scarlett here with the Springfield Police Department. Uh, Chief, uh, before we let you go, a couple more quick questions. You're in a recruitment process uh, right now uh, to attract new officers here. One of the things we're hearing a lot about in the current climate in Illinois uh, is that it's hard to find uh, people to fill police officer jobs, that uh, officers are feeling disrespected. They feel like uh, the the job uh, isn't what they really signed up for, etc. What's your sense, both in terms of the ability to uh, to recruit new officers? Are you struggling to find them? And just overall morale in the department and do officers feel disrespected or unsupported? Well, first and foremost, I hope every one of our officers recognizes that they have the full support of myself and this command staff, as well as Mayor Langfelder. Uh, That's one thing that I made very clear when I took uh, my position here is that uh, I told each one of our officers, if you do your job, you do it well and you do so professionally, then I have your back and I will stick by that. Uh, law enforcement is a, a dangerous and tough job. The assaults on law enforcement have, have only increased over the last handful of years. Uh, you know, it's no uh, secret that violent crime has increased nationally. I think we're doing a good job of curbing that here locally, but, but that's going on. Uh, recruiting is a major concern, not only in Springfield, not only in Illinois, but nationwide. And any articles that you read will certainly tell you that. Um, and so it, it does take uh, a tough person to come into a tough career field and it also takes an understanding person that you know can uh, certainly deal with the homelessness deal with the mental health issues and get people uh, truly the help that they need so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and I would just certainly like to say we are currently recruiting and I know there are folks out there listening that would love to do this job and we'd love to have them on our team you can get more details at the city of Springfield website springfield.il.us that process is going on right now and chief you reminded me of something when you talk about uh, supporting officers who do the job but uh, you were very quick to come down hard on an officer who wasn't doing the job up to your standards the officer who uh, had the uh, racist social media posts over a period of years and uh, very quickly uh, left the force and you've opened an investigation any updates on on that investigation, on his uh, past conduct as an officer, and also on the process of decertifying him? I don't have any updates on the decertification. Obviously, that would come from from Iletsby. I can tell you that we're currently in the process of a very thorough review of, of several components uh, related to those texts and those posts, and, and to go along with that, uh, we're working proactively to, you know, come up with some additional training components that we can push out to our officers. Uh, the main thing that that I want to make very clear to the public, as well as my officers, is that we will continue to do the right thing and uh, take swift and decisive action in, in situations such as this. It's, uh, there, there is no cover up. Uh, there, there's nothing like that taking place. That. My goal is to, to handle things appropriately, and that's where I say if our officers are doing their job and they do it professional, I'll have their back. And, Chief, what's the best way for the public to show their support for Springfield police officers and for law enforcement in general? You know, I think the, the best way to go about doing it is simply a one-on-one conversation when you have the opportunity to see one of our officers uh, out and about. I think uh, those are those small little steps are what truly – uh, you know, uh, persuade an officer and help them realize that the public supports the work that they do. That's a, a very simple step that uh, we all as citizens of Springfield can do. Springfield Police Chief Ken Scarlett.